Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Nile or Nine podcast. It is myself and Andrea Cleary. Hi, Andrea. Do, 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 do. That's my way of saying we're recording in the morning. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> it is the morning. Um, we are dedicated. We're up and at them and we're going to talk about some of the best music we heard in July this year, 2022. Mm. Man, it's been a hot one. Man, it's been a hot one. It's a hot one. <laughs> so, I, um, yeah. you know, the stereo going to do that uh, uh, series of number ones. I don't know if you read it. I shared it in the Discord. Um, if you want access to the Discord, you have to sign up to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash nine. Anyway, um, so <laughs> the number ones is a. a a column that Stereo Gum do about the number one uh, songs of, in the US charts when they're going through chronologically. And Smooth by Rob Thomas and Santana was there last week. And I can't believe we didn't include that in our in our summer songs. The tidbit, yes, should have been in there. The tidbit uh, I found out there is that um, originally Rob Thomas wanted George Michael to sing that song. So there you go. Bet mm. you didn't know that. There you go. Rob I think it would have been a better song. One of the, I think, I think he was one of the first men that I fancied. <laughs> Rob Thomas. Yeah, cool. uh, he he's, cool. he sings that song, right? He's the guy. Yeah. He is um, the guy who actually sings it. Yeah, I think I think you know in that like I'm a kid way where I'm like, huh? Are you handsome? I think you might be. Something's um, going on yeah. over there. Something's <laughs> happening. I'm not sure what it is, but I like watching this music video. Um, yeah, what a song. I mean, Jesus. I went to see Santana with my parents uh, in, I don't know where it was. Maybe it was Malahide or something like that. Cool. He played He played in Dublin once. And the reason I went is because it was Santana, <laughs> UB40. And then there was a band called Old Matley. It was okay. in Mighty Park, actually. Who I wanted to go see. This is 2002. 
And I want I wanted to see this band, um, Ozil Mackie, because they were very cool. They're, how would you describe them? They at the time I was really into like uh, Jurassic Five and stuff like that. And mm. Cut Chemist, the DJ from um, Jurassic Five, was also involved with Ozil Mackie. He he was on their album. And myself and my friend Kieran, shout out to Kieran, my nose is into this uh, podcast. Um, were mad into Ozil Mackie. Uh, he bought me the actual vinyl record for the Ozil Mackie, and I really like it. It's like it's kind of like Latin funk rock kind of fun hip hop stuff um mm. bit of salsa buzz it, it was very cool at the time i'd never heard anything like it and so automatically we're like third on the bill i was like great i'm gonna go see automatically like the album was from 1999 and of course they pulled out before uh the gig actually happened oh, no. and uh so i still went along and saw you be 40 and well, santana. I mean, santana god it was so boring <laughs> I would I would see Santana now like yeah well it's just I'd be more than it's just 100% guitar solos everything is an excuse for mm. a guitar solo which is fine yeah. I do remember the UB40 playing that there's a rat in the kitchen song and that's about it really I mean I don't remember much else yeah I, I might have enjoyed that gig because I was 11 then and the song about <laughs> a rat being in the kitchen I would have been all over that all I'm like over, yeah this yeah. is great this is music <laughs> they're just innocent men I was probably <laughs> I fucking love that thing. I don't. Just I don't understand it. Just really. Oh, that I just. I can't get enough so of that. Funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh my god. Speaking of funny, I, I've had just the most gorgeous morning listening to. I put on six music, and um, they're playing. Um, so the Edinburgh Fringe is starting. Um, so they, their, you know, listeners' playlist or people's playlist, I think they call it, uh, was songs that make you laugh or make you smile. And they played, what did they play? They played um, Food of Fafa by Fight the Concords. They played United States or whatever. They played um, Manamana and something else. But it was just, you know, like four songs in a row of me absolutely vibing out in my kitchen making my iced coffee and i was just like yeah this is actually going to be a great day so shout out to six music if you haven't heard Fair of them play. they're a little, little known radio station in in the uk funny um, music is hard to do <clears throat> yeah it, it is it definitely is um yeah what was the other song it'll come to me now in a few minutes but um yeah just a lovely lovely morning having a little giggle in the kitchen listening to nice, that, that, nice, those songs nice. yeah funny music is hard to do it is but yeah, I don't think we have any funny songs on our We've no intentionally songs. funny songs. Um, Non-intentional. Um, yeah. But yeah, will we kick off? Will we jump yeah, in? Yeah, let's go. Best music gonna, of July. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw the ball into your court and you're going to play cool. it back with a, yes, a song. Yes, a backhander. Um, <laughs> that's a tennis thing. Um, yeah, hey, my first song thing. is from um, Returning indie queen of the Irish music industry, uh, which I'm very excited about. It's from Sorka Richardson, back after a break, um, and it's called Shark Eyes, and it sounds like this. Don't you 
there she is now, Sarka Richardson, just announced the Olympia headliner um, as well. So, well, she's got stuff coming up, right? Um, yes, she's got an album uh, coming up, Smiling Like an Idiot, um, which is due out on a date that I don't have in front of me. September, September 23rd. 23rd. That's the one. Um, and I love this track. I really love this track. Um, I love the drums in this track. It's kind of mm. like double time ones in the in the chorus are great. But um, yeah, it's this definitely feels like another step forward from Circa Richardson, whose debut album I loved, really, really loved. Um, I think she's she's a very unique artist that is is also kind of part of a, a not quite a scene, but a, certainly a sound in Ireland right now. And I think that she she really leads the way in the kind of um, indie guitar rock pop tunes. Um, this is this is poppier than what we might have heard on the last album from her. And I think it, it works really well. It's got a beautiful music video as well um, with uh, comedian Michael Fry making a little cameo, which which is very nice. Um, and yeah, I just think it's great. I've been listening to it just loads and loads and loads this month. Um, it's been a it's been a, a mainstay in the kind of the, the pals group that I have where we just share. We tend to just share Irish music with each other. And this was a this was a big one the day it came out because everyone in there is very, uh, very big fan of hers. So, yeah, Sork Richardson. Great stuff. What a lovely group to be in. Great. Yeah, it's very nice. We okay. have a um, a playlist on. If anyone doesn't do this with their pals, I'd recommend it making a, a what you call it a collaborative playlist on Spotify and just people adding to it. Ours is called Pals FM, um, and it's just the best. Um, so there's a yeah, there's a lot of Sorka Richardson on that. Pals um, FM. How Pals lovely. FM. How wholesome. Yeah, yeah it's very wholesome. Into it. <laughs> it's nice. Into it. I okay. love a collaborative playlist. I absolutely. Love it. <laughs> Okay, great. That's Sorka Richardson's song is called Shark Eyes. I love that track. I think it's definitely one of my favorites of hers so far. Like, I mean, yeah. it, it has that something different going on as well. And, you know, I mean, we've been following Sorka for many years, nearly over, I mean, probably about 10 years now since mm. she was living in New York and we were writing about her. So it's great to see somebody just, you know, really keep at it and uh, grow and build. I, yeah, I wrote mm. about her as a 21-year-old Dubliner in New York uh, wow. in 2012. So great. Like, brilliancy. Okay, my yeah. next song is from an artist who uh, does a podcast with her mother about food. But it's, well, it's supposed to be about food. It's about dinner parties and stuff. It is, of course, Jessie Ware. And the song is called Free Yourself. You are an Don't 
Now, in my estimation, having seen her at Primavera uh, Sound in Barcelona and then watched her at Glastonbury, Jessie Ware was one of those artists who really elevated herself um, in on the live arena. Um, I mean, obviously, she's done it before, but it was really great to see her this time around. Um, really, she did this great live set. Did you did you manage to catch any of it? Like her with loads of dancers and really no. like amping up the, the disco diva buzz. And uh, she's really good at that. And I think this song is kind of cements that feeling. It's got those big strings and lovely like piano that keeps the song going. A lot of floor filling production from Stuart Price, aka Le Rhythm Digitals. And then also for anyone who may have, you might hear a little bit of it there, but like the um, one of the collaborators from Dua Lipa's album, Future Nostalgia, Clarence Coffey Jr. Uh, co-wrote that song as well and produced it. So really lovely song. I just, uh, I think Jesse Ware is great um, and do, I do shout out her um, her podcast with her mother, Table Manners, if you haven't heard it. Uh, mm. Good fun. And uh, she's been doing some live podcasts recently. I think she had Sophia Spexter on it recently. And people would recommend uh, It's Good Crack. Self-Esteem was actually on it as well. Uh, that was the other one I mm. listened to. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Jesse Ware, Free Yourself. That was my one of my tracks of the month last month. Yeah, I remember when What's Your Pleasure came out in 2020, I just wasn't in the form for it at all because it was very celebrated for being like a great uh, dancey disco record and I haven't returned to it. So I think I'm going to do that this week. I'm going to have a listen to it because I'm more, I'm way more in, in, in the form for it. And I'd like to get the Jessie Ware thing. I just haven't given her um, Time, like, I think this is the best part of Jessie Ware, that kind of upbeat stuff. I think she does it really well. And mm. certainly that live show was all, was not all that, but it was a lot of it. Like it was a lot of mm. big like disco numbers and stuff. And I just love that. I think, you know, like again, like self-esteem, like it doesn't really matter. But like because she's a bit older as well, it's also, you know, as someone a bit older, it's also nice to see that somebody with a oh, long yeah. career who's also establishing herself and continues to do that. And yeah. And, you know, not like going, well, I'm older now. I have to start making, um, you know, just ballads and uh, not not dancing and all that kind of stuff. But no, she's mm-hmm. done the opposite. She's done more. So I think that's great. I do, too. Um, my first album that I've chosen for this month's selection is from an artist called Beatrice Laus, uh, a.k.a. Biba Doobie. Uh, it's called Beatopia. I've given you two songs now. Could you play the second one first, actually? 1036 if you wouldn't mind. is 10.36 by Biba Dewey, um, going into the playlist of songs that make me notice the time, along with 12.51. Uh, it's a playlist of two songs, but um, maybe it, it will grow. Um, this album is called Beatopia. Um, she is a 22-year-old Filipino-British singer-songwriter um, who I've been sort of following for a while now. I've been quite excited about. I really love her sound. Um, 
she can do kind of very very pop rocky like like we heard there very upbeat um kind of just kind of joyous joyously sad um music which i obviously like a lot um but also there's a lot of introspection on this record as well it's kind of the the front half of it is uh is a bit more upbeat and then um it kind of grows into this much more uh, introspective vibe. Um, Beatopia is the name that she gave um, the kind of fantasy inner world that she created as a child. Um, she was uh, an immigrant and she was bullied and mocked by her classmates. Um, and she is sort of reclaiming and inviting us into that inner world uh, that brought a kind of a sanct- sanctum during the time when she felt uh quite alienated um she draws on a lot of inspiration from the 90s and the 2000s as her cultural touch points um she counts elliot smith pavement daniel johnson and the juno soundtrack among her musical influences which i really like um and there's also the kind of the 2000s acoustic pop sounds of um maybe a bit of like Corinne Bailey Ray and Natasha Bedingfield and Nora Jones. I, I can't remember if she said this or if someone said this about her, but um it was noted that some of her songs sound like the sort of um the one hit wonders of the early two thousands, particularly from women that were all just great songs but didn't didn't go on to kind of form great albums or be hits. Um which I think is a really good way to describe this album, actually. Um, so for a taste of the other other side of it, um, I've actually chosen the last song. It's called You're Here, That's the Thing. Um, it's really, really beautiful. Um, and it sounds like this. I really like that song. It's very sweet, very, very simple and straightforward, but very, very sweet. Um, it reminds me of a kind of a Matty Healy 1975 kind of sound. Um, and she has worked with him in the past. Um, and I think that she also counts them as uh, as an influence on her songwriting as well. And I think you can really hear it there. But yeah, it's a very, very inviting, very sweet um album without being twee it's definitely not twee it's definitely very intelligently written and um a lot of it's quite expansive even the even the kind of uh more introspective and uh slower more acoustic songs they'll have you know strings or they'll have a bit of synth or they'll have something that just kind of makes it a bit more interesting without going too big um and then the the rockier songs are just you know straightforward great great rock songs so highly highly recommend uh this album i think it's my favorite of the month definitely and really enjoyed listening to it yeah 
So yeah, that's on the uh, her album is on the same label, or is it the nineteen seventy five label? Certainly, management's uh, label. Dirty. Yeah, Hands some something like that. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but she She's is playing um, uh, the Olympia on the fourth of October as well. So um, yes, go and and feel. Young or old at that, maybe. <laughs> I'd imagine she's got a very young crowd. But, uh, Just feel some feelings at it, I guess. Um, Hi. Yeah, she is young. Some, can you tell me where I can feel some feelings, please? Hi, I'd like to feel something, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's Biba uh, Doobie. My first album of this month uh, of July is, uh, it's an odd one. It is called The Koreatown Oddity. It is called Is This For Real? Um, so this is the Los Angeles MC and producer, Dominique Purdy. He's been around for a while, um, since the 2010s anyway. And this is a weird album. It's pitched like, it's on Stone's Throw, a label which I um, I trust and I always try and listen out for whatever they release. Um, and it's kind of, it's pitched like a sketch show mockumentary concept album about inspired by a joke based on the concept that uh, British actors always play black Americans in leading uh, roles in film and TV. So thinking about, you know, think about the wire and like, um, get out, you know, Idris Elba and get out and, uh, people like that who are always playing. Um, and one of the reasons possibly is maybe cause you know, they might be cheaper. Um, anyway, okay. this is an album that kind of plays with that. So I'm going to play the, op- the, uh, the, the, opening track to give you uh, to set that scene in it. Here's Koreatown Yo, what's up? Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Look, I got a confession to make. I know y'all may have thought this was my real voice and I know you may have thought I was from Los Angeles, but <clears throat> actually, I'm not an American Negro. What? I'm an English. So that's the, that kind of sets the scene for what the, the album to come. But I mean, it's not really a like it's not really a through line. It is, it is uh, it's kind of shown in the skits to be, you know, that kind of career technology plays with that voice and pretends to be English and like responds to fans and has to put it on. But mostly, I mean, it's kind of a messy album as well. It's kind of, it reminds me a lot of um, the likes of like Cool Keith, who does a lot of concept albums. Uh, there's a guy called Rap Ferrara from a couple of years ago, uh, Open Mike Eagle. Even got some Dilla stuff in there, the way the beats uh, work out, that kind of conceptual construction and Purdy has done stand-up comedy in the past and I think that bleeds into this kind of very surreally pitched work I think it works best as an overall uh one standalone one play album but um Mm. I'm gonna play a song here called Misophonia Love now um Misophonia if you don't know which I didn't know is a condition in which individuals experience intense anger or disgust at when other people other humans make noise specifically stuff like eating or chomping or lip smacking or breathing um so those are the kind of things that <laughs> this song kind of reference so uh here's misophonia love i know that i'm dope the satisfaction on your face lets me know ain't no need for asking because we are both and misophonia love girl i'll be quiet make you so excited with my silence misophonia love ain't no need to fight it just want to get wrapped up inside it misophonia love we can't avoid it when you get annoyed i enjoy it misophonia love 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 so i try to deny with the old pretty move your love girl i just wanna i just wanna eat something loud as hell in your ear i just wanna rub my socks together so yeah it's a challenging record it's not one that makes a lot of sense really but like i do enjoy it because it's it stood out to me because it's something different it's also just 25 minutes long which you know Mm. i mean 
always nice when there's a short record. Um, so yeah, obviously phony, misophony, funny kind of play on that word there as well. So, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it, like, that doesn't really give you, I could play another song that sounds completely different, but look, um, that's, and that's, the, that's the premise anyway. That's the premise. It's called the Koreatown Oddity. The album is called, is this for real? So that is fun. I will definitely give that a listen. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Too. I like that. I like that second track you played. Okay, look, we can't avoid it. Um, an album came out this month, and uh, that album is from Beyonce, and it is called Renaissance Part One or Part A or Side One or something, so Act One, something like that. Um, yeah, Act geez. One, I think of of three. Act One is, is that, that what we're three. expecting? Um, yes, I'm going to be honest. I haven't read anything around this album. I've just decided to. Um, uh, remove myself from the narrative, as uh, Taylor Swift might say. But I, I just, I, I, I honestly haven't read anything because I'm not. I still don't really know where I land with the album. Um, so, yeah, when we're chatting about it today, yeah. we're we're basically we're considering doing a full episode on it next week. Um, and today is just our kind of initial thoughts on the album because we haven't. Uh, I don't know. Have Have you landed somewhere with it or? Um. I mean, not really is the truth. Mm. I've listened to it like, obviously it came out on Friday. I was at a festival Friday afternoon. I listened to it on the way down, listened to it when it first came out on Thursday. I've listened to it about five times now. Um, yeah. I'm getting into it. Um, I'm certainly understanding uh, where it's coming from. Obviously, it's a, it feels like very much like a clubby kind of record or a, a homage to club culture, black club culture, particularly um, mm. if you're familiar with you know, the likes of uh, Paris is Burning and Vogue and, and all that kind of stuff. It's like, it's very much like uh, that kind of shining a light on, you know, black gay culture, especially. So I'm, I'm, I actually want to go deeper into it. So I would like to do a deeper dive into it in terms of the references, in terms yeah, of the I lyrics, agree. especially. Um, I think musically, there's a lot here that I really enjoy. I think it's very interesting to hear somebody like Beyonce you know, I mean, who has been through a lot and has spoken about herself a lot in her music. I think there's less of herself here. I mean, there's there's more of like embodying the persona of being a badass, um, mm. you know, and, and being on the top and being the alien superstar or whatever. But um, she's kind of, you know, like we said, would break your soul. Like, I just quit my job. There's a lot more. Uh, less autobiographical writing here I think as well but there also is some of that so it's kind of a mix it's a mix so I really mm. want to go deep into it I want to go deep into the album and its lyrics and uh, I'm enjoying the music certainly I think tracks like Cozy and I love that Sylvester um, interpolation as well just those kind of things are really pure and honey there's lots of great stuff happening there um, musically so um but it's the the lyrics I really want to go deeper onto. So I'm, I think we should look, have a chat about it, about the album next week. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm, I don't know what the reluctance is to be honest. I'm, I'm really trying with it. Um, and it's not that I don't think it's enjoyable, but there's something that's kind of, there's something that's holding me back about it. Um, and I think it's an authenticity thing. But I'll try to. I'll try to tease that out for next week um, or, or or change my mind on it. I don't know. Um, but in the meantime, a song that I really, really, really like from it um, is Alien Superstar, as you mentioned. I just think it's a banger. Um, and 
just really enjoy it. It's the one. It's the one I keep going back to. Um, and yeah, I I like it. Yeah, I think the thing about the Beyonce, Beyonce album is obviously a huge deal for around the world and everywhere. It stops time and it stops pop culture. And I think that is interesting. And even watching the discourse is part of it as well. Like I did listen to the New York Times podcast about it, but I can't say I learned a lot from about the album from it. I felt like they were addressing uh, external issues as opposed to the album itself really um but what kind of external issues were they addressing oh yeah there's issues around like um samples there's a sample of a Cleese song that uh, the yeah. Neptunes worked on but who also produced but I think it's stuff, important so like, to address all that stuff though right like yeah that, but I, 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 mean, I just felt like there was, I want to hear more about the music I want to hear more about you know um what she's talking about and so I'm definitely looking forward to hearing more about that and uh, yeah and actually just get, sitting down with I the think lyrics. that that might be part of my problem with getting into it is that it's not always clear what's actually coming from her. It's not always clear how she's using samples. Um, like it's different to a kind of a Kanye West thing. It's not, I don't know. I don't really know. Like the Khalees thing definitely left a kind of a sour taste in my mouth. I didn't like that. Um, and I think Beyonce as a, as an artist and as a person is just sort of, um, I'm just sort of personally reckoning with the fact that she is, <laughs> as I've recently learned, um, a billionaire. And <laughs> I obviously haven't recently learned that, but I think that this this album is bringing that into a kind of a starker light and it doesn't help with the with the kind of the discourse around um, sampling and and all of that. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to tease it out for next week. Though. I guess. Yeah. What I maybe what, what I learned from say. from that is, uh, you know, obviously it's the milkshake. A song that's interpolated, which was done by the Neptunes. No, I'm not 100% mm. sure, but like, were they involved in that song? Um, I think they were, or well, I mean, they're certainly credited, but I don't know if they're because of the sample they're credited or what, but they, mm. you know, they were involved in the album in some way. But um, yeah, I guess so. They are what they're talking about on, on that podcast is like whether the singer of a track, um, who didn't produce the track you know it's like she's still it's still mm. her song though you know she's still the credited artist so you know and yeah here, you know. and i think i i think it goes back to a dodgy um contract in Kalisa's kind of early yeah, yeah, career yeah, sure, right. where producers were credited with her music when she was the one that wrote it um or at least was part of the writing process and um, I see it from Khalees' perspective that, you know, Beyonce sings a lot about female empowerment and I don't know, just not crediting her with it. It, it just it just seems like something that would have been very easy to do to reach out and say, I want to do this or to credit her. 
and give her her dues on on that song and just sort of didn't do it um because that would have been actually empowering you know that would have actually been putting her money where her mouth is when it comes to um empowering other women especially in the industry so yeah just that i don't know it's it's worth going and looking at what Khalees said about it um on her um i don't know what she was if she was on like instagram live or or tiktok or what but there's the the clips are around if anybody wants to see them if anyone hasn't seen them yet but i, I think she speaks very intelligently about it and she just seems a bit sick of it because this has happened to her before she says so fair yeah yeah and i'm like when it's beyonce not crediting your music it's like come on you know it's you're just sort of like you you can do this. No no one is telling Beyonce no. You can't credit her. Like no one's telling Beyonce no about anything. So um, it would have it's easier for Beyonce than basically any other artist to actually you know put her money where her mouth is when it comes to crediting women and empowering women. But unfortunately, she didn't. Um, hopefully, she learns from it. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we may, uh, anyway, we that's Beyonce. That we'll in deeper we'll, detail next week. Yeah. We'll talk about it next um, week. Um, meanwhile, a less controversial album from 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 a Welsh artist called Gweno. Uh, so the album I've been listening to uh, a lot is called Treasure, um, which means treasure in the Cornish language, which most of this album is sung by, sung in. It's uh, that's a language with very similar roots and words to the Welsh language. Um, so Gweno's third album is Treasure, and released on Heavenly Records. And uh, I've always liked bits and pieces of Gweno's music. Um, I can't remember what the name of the, I mean, they're all, they're all in a different language, so I can't remember how to pronounce it, but her first album, there's a few tracks on that that I really enjoyed. And I've always liked, had a soft spot for like some kind of Welsh language stuff, maybe because of Super Furry Animals and stuff as well. But I think Gweno sounds great doing this. And I'm going to play, this is a track from it called NYCAW. And uh, yeah, let's play it. So that's just a that's just a little flavor of what um she sounds like uh, Gweno's on the album Treasure. It's got a lot of psych pop kind of stuff. There's been a lot of that kind of stuff this year, actually. You think about like Kate Lebon and um, maybe another artist we might be playing later on. Um, there's a lot of that kind of music happening at the moment. And I think I really like what she does with it. It's very, the Cornish vocals uh, really give it something different and uh, psych pop and dreamy pop and like lush kind of instrumentation. Um, now, because the album is in, um, Cornish, I do have to trust what the press release says, which it says it explores nature and motherhood and the impact of motherhood on the psyche. Um, it was written in Cornwall just prior to the lockdowns of 2020 and completed at home in Cardiff, along with her co-producer and musical collaborator Riz Edwards. Um, so I really like what I'm hearing here. I really like uh, this album. I really like Gweno. And she's playing in Dublin on October 4th. Is that the same day as... Uh, as Biba Doobie, so you have to you have to pick or choose. Yeah, uh, you can go to Biba Doobie or you can go to Gwenno. So you have to pick one. <laughs> so the the two Gwenno. genders, <laughs> Gwenno and Biba Doobie. Um, 
Very good. Yeah, I re- I really like the sound of that. Um, I was saying to you earlier that um, Gweno is someone that I've just kind of seen around over the last month. Just haven't gotten around to listen to. So that was my first time hearing her, and sounds really cool. I I too really enjoy Welsh language music. Um, the yeah, the mm. Super Furries and Gorky's Psychotic Monkey, and I just enjoy listening to the sound of Welsh people singing in their own language. Yeah, Gorky's. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love Gorky's. Um, okay, here we go. My next song. <laughs> 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 just, just getting the suspense up. Um, it's Eight Fivers by Gilliband. <laughs> There we are, Gilliband. Yeah, literal inventors of rock music. Um, just <laughs> do it so much better than the other bands who sort of sound like them. Do you know what I mean? Like every time they release a song, I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's the that's the platonic song. Um, I love this. It's really funny. Reminds me of the kind of pairs for lunch vibe. Um, it's obviously very funny lyrics. Um, trying to trying to find a decent pair of jeans in town um and i like any song that references spar and aldi and lidl um it's from an upcoming uh record they're playing on the um sorry the 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 new record comes out on october 7th but they're playing before that i believe in the national stadium in uh september um I think that's right. But again, I don't have it in front of me. I'm sorry. It's early. It's very, very early. It's half six. Come on, morning. Andrea. Come um, on. <laughs> I'm very sorry. Um, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you now. The date is. It's actually um, December. Um, December. Oh. It's the 9th to the 12th. 9th to the 12th. Yeah. Ah, okay. That was my problem. Yeah. 9th to the 12th. On, and the Empire in Belfast uh, on the 15th of December as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, really excited for the new album. Um, can't wait for it, actually. Um, I think it's going to be really good. They just, they never miss, you know. Um, and I really, I think the song is great. I, it's very propulsive and strong yeah. and cheeky oh, and so good. fun. They're just really good. Like, they're just so good at what they do. Um, and I love them. I, I Something I find really funny whenever I read about them um like, does changing your name from girl band to Gilliband, like, matter if every single publication still writes formerly known as as girl band? Yeah, like, I guess everything. Well, I'm like, is that, yeah. Well, I think like, you look at La- Lancome and I mean, Lynch, you know, that's what they used to be called. No one calls them formerly known as. True. So yeah. maybe just a bit of time. Maybe it's an SEO thing. Uh, yeah. No, it certainly is. Certainly, I mean, I had to have that consideration in terms of. I've written about the ba- a band called Girl Band for many years, and then you have to also tie that yes. into um, what they're called now. So you do have to change. Like, yeah, I, I wonder if af- after the next album, um, it'll start to kind of roll off people's tongues easier. Yeah. I mean, I still, when I'm talking, I'll accidentally call them Girl Band. Um, but 
But yeah, um, maybe that will change. It's it. been an easy but, switch yeah, to make, it. I have to say. It's been an easy switch yeah, to make. Yeah, it's not like they completely changed it. Um, yeah. And, you know, yeah. They sound, they sound I did get to see them at All Together Now last weekend. And, oh, uh, yeah. How were they? Did they play this? Yes. They were loud yeah. and it was great. It was very good. Very enjoyable. Loved I think it. they're my favorite Irish live act. I think that's yeah. fair to say. Um, I've seen them a good few times now. And every time it's just, yeah. The only gig I don't wear my glasses at because <laughs> I'm just glasses off, pure vibing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, sure they're brilliant. I think, yeah, I think I'll go see them. I haven't been to anything in the National Stadium yet. Um, do you know so, what I really like it? I really like it's old school, but yeah. you know, it, it works great. I think it's really heard nice. good things about the about uh, Big Thief there. So, oh, yeah. That yeah. was a great gig. That was one of the best gigs I've been at recently. I mean, uh, well, obviously recently, but like in living memory recently, I'm like that kind of like recently. Mm. I'm like, mm, yeah, that's going to stay with me. <laughs> Good. I love that. Yeah, great. Okay, I'm going to pick an Irish track from, um, so every week I do the Irish tracks of the week um, on nylor9.com. And what I do, my process for that is I go through, First of all, irish at nylorline.com. Anyone can send me an email address. If you're an Irish artist, I will listen to absolutely everything that gets sent in. I make a big spreadsheet every week of songs that have been released or about to be released. And then I pick, I try and just cap it at 12 every week because like I've sometimes done 14 because I missed a week or something like that. But I have missed a week in a long time and I'm really very good at it at the moment. And uh, um, mm. as soon as we finish this, I'm going to go and do this week's one. But about three weeks ago, I heard this song. It was sent to me. And I thought it was really lovely. And uh, I think I put it at the top and uh, made her the uh, cover artist, I guess, for it. So this is Sarah Crean. The artist is, uh, the song is called 2AM. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's just a lovely, confident really like, like track. I hadn't heard the artist before, and I love when this happens. Um, it's got a kind of indie rock glow. Um, a stated influences include Japanese Breakfast and Day Glow. Um, co-produced with uh, Adam O'Leary. I just really like it. It's a very confident song. Um, uh, a plea for clarity in a relationship. Words sometimes mean more than actions. And yeah, one that I'm like. Yeah, check it out. There's loads of great stuff out there, guys, if you don't. Cool. I mean, sometimes is people need to be reminded Is that her only well. song that she has out, like, on her Spotify? No, she's a few tracks uh, dating back to 2020. And, cool. um, yeah, so has oh, a, I see it there, yeah. a seven-track album, actually, from a couple of years ago. Uh, and then for an EP, a couple of tracks. So that was my f- first I'd heard. So, you know, um, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was the first one that grabbed me. But um, I mm. thought it was great and really... Um, one to, to watch so i'll definitely be looking out for sarah Crean. so that's uh c or yeah me too definitely so, yeah, check it out 
Cool. Good job, Sarah Crean. Um, my next choice is uh, another Irish artist, um, another artist who is returning to us at long last. Uh, it's Ethan Nessa Francis with Way to Say Goodbye. Vanessa Francis um, after signing with Partisan she has a new new label new uh, album coming out Protector coming out on October 22nd or 28th excuse me um, and it's just really great to have her back and god does she sound good she's just like she she really came came out the gate with uh, Land of No Junction in was that 2019 or 2018 certainly pre um, pre-pandemonium yeah. But um, that that was a, an incredibly strong um, album that got a lot of attention kind of everywhere, like all across the world, not just here in Ireland. And I really feel like she's expanded her sound. She's I, I really think she's up there with um, uh, with what, you know, Sharon Von Etten is putting out, what Cat Bond's putting out. It's like she she's really, really, really good. Wow. Well, um, was 2020. Was it 2020? It must have been, yeah. yeah, early 2020, was it then? Uh, yes, it was early 2020, because I remember Dean Van Wyn That's right, texting yeah. me, um, sending me the album and said, this is the first great album of the year. Um, and he was right. And yeah, I just think she's, she's, she's an incredible talent. Um, she really has an ear for conveying emotion and uh, I guess like a kind of a sense of confusion or liminality or something like she really got that on, on, on the debut. And I think now she's, she's expanding even more, she's growing even more. She has a, a following kind of globally. And I, I have very, very high expectations for, for this album, um, October 28th, as I said, so I'm really, really looking forward to that. Great. Great. Mm. Lovely stuff. Yeah. She's so good. I think she's just getting better and better. That album is brilliant. Um, these first two songs we've heard, absolutely great. I just think, uh, yeah, there's uh, the sky's the limit for even as Francis. I think um, she's yes. one that could be around for a long time. I love when you just you. I've met I'd met even as Francis like previously when she was doing a non music thing, and I mm. love that. Like you just meet these people, and then all of a sudden they're this other thing, and you're like, mm. wow, I had no idea. It's like the first time I met Denise Child, and I was like, she was so interesting, but I didn't know. The capacity mm. was there for those kind of things, you know, and I think that's great. It's a, it's a really interesting thing that happens in life. Sometimes you're like, "Wow, that person yeah. is that." I did not know. Yeah, wait, wait till I drop my mixtape. <laughs> Everyone's gonna freak out. No, yeah. no one's gonna know what happened. What's, what's it called? What's it called? <laughs> um, Dre Day. Dre 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 Day today. Dre Day. Dre Day. Autumn Day. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna call it? What are you gonna call it? Um, it has to be some method. sort of, uh, yeah. Autumn girl, autumn version. That's my mixtape. 
<laughs> um, these are actually the last songs that we're picking um, this week mm. uh, for this month for July 2022. Um, I, of course, every month I do a best of the month. So um, if you're looking to see 20 more songs, that 20 best songs of July, in my estimation, 20 of the best songs of July. All of these songs are in there, including um, the ones we just played, uh, Sarah Crean and the Koreatown Audity Gilliband as well actually is in there. Um, the other one I've been really enjoying enjoying a lot of fred again recently he's just been but not generally like it's just his whole body of work as opposed to one specific mm. thing um very uh prolific uh, artist when i saw him at primavera um i'm not playing his song i just wanted to talk about it briefly sure. uh, but he has a song with fortet and skrillex and then he did a song with swedish house mafia i've never liked the swedish house mafia song i was like Okay, I like this now, I mm. guess. And he did a boiler room, though. I will shout out the boiler room um, set that was released last week. I think it was last Friday. And uh, certainly one of the hypest, fun looking um, DJ sets I've seen in a while on a boiler room. And I would recommend that. So that's Fred again's boiler room. So do go have a look at that. But the track I picked is actually from an artist called Little Silva. Now, Little Silva has been around a long, 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 long time. I think we're talking like. Probably going back to the same way with Sorka Richardson, like way back till 2012, that kind of thing, but has only just released a debut album. And uh, the album is called Yesterday is Heavy. And uh, this is a beautiful track from it called uh, To the Floor featuring Bad, Bad, Not Good. That's just one of the songs that stood out to me from yesterday is heavy there's loads of other stuff on it there's also samfa is on it twice serpent with feet is on it uh, with vocals skyfall as well a uk rapper we like uh, little dragon and charlotte day wilson who have all kind of collaborated with little silver in previous guises now i guess little silver started as kind of a, a night slugs um uk electronic producer doing a lot of very clubby things and uh just i noticed there i had a, i saw a listing for a little silver at the Twisted Pepper on on an old gig guide in 2014. So, oh wow! But since then, has been doing a lot of um, kind of softer sounds and softer kind of music. But this is really the first long uh, player um, he's done. So, I think it's great. He does a lot of great music. He's he's got a he's got a wonderful voice himself, and uh, so there's lots to recommend with Little Silver. Um, do check it out. Yesterday is heavy is the name of the track. So, uh, and the cool. album is called. Oh, sorry, it's the name of the album. Uh, the song is called Two Floor, featuring Canadian band Bad Bad Not Good, who are awesome. very, very good. They are good. Well done. They are. Well done. Nels. They are good. Good. Not bad. Okay. The, yeah, that's it for our music. Uh, I have a few other things that I saw and read. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. Uh, first up is a movie. I went to see Elvis. Have you, you seen want Elvis? to talk about this? Yes, let's let's hear it. Yeah, have you seen it? No, I haven't. Okay, um, it's very good. I really enjoyed it. Um, 
I love Baz Luhrmann. I think you could enjoy it even if you didn't love him. Um, but like you love should love Baz him. Baz Luhrmann? He's great. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I love Baz. Um, I think he's great. It's not quite, you know, it is, it is obviously, you know, big spectacle. Um, but it's not quite, it's closer to Romeo and Juliet than Moulin Rouge on the kind of spectrum of Baz losing his goddamn mind. Um, okay. Yeah. It's very, very good. Austin Butler is genuinely incredible in it. Um, like he did a year of vocal training so that he could sing like Elvis and mostly it's him singing. And then kind of later, when it gets to the later bits of the film, his voice is blended with Elvis Presley's real voice. And it's done just brilliantly, um, really seamlessly. But also just his his voice in terms of how he speaks. It's just like... There's no, it's it's so hard with Elvis because like we've seen so many Elvis impersonators. Do you know what I mean? Like he's the most impersonated man um, on the planet probably. And it just, it doesn't feel like an impersonation. It really, really feels like you're watching Elvis Presley uh, on the screen. It's very funny as well. It's a funny film, but it's also quite moving at parts, especially the end. Uh, it follows his whole life. Um, the kind of the early scenes where I, I, I think for us in modern times, it's very difficult to imagine the effect that he had on um, on kind of culture and the media with his, you know, like his hip shaking and bringing the devil on stage. But I think I think that really gets across very, very well. There's very, very funny scenes at the beginning when he, he's first starting to do all the all the hip shaking stuff and the. There's women and girls in the audience who just kind of seem like they've they've become possessed nearly. <laughs> That's very, very funny. Um and yeah, uh really really sort of sort of gets that across. My only criticism of the film is I think that Tom Hanks is now too famous to be in movies. Um, because whenever I was looking at him, I just saw Tom Hanks, uh, which kind of brought me out of it a little bit at times. He's very good in it. But I just don't think he should be playing real people because yeah, yeah, he's sure. just he's like I'm kind of I, I think it's kind of OK for him to play characters that don't exist. Um, but if he's playing a real person, I'm just like, well, that's Tom Hanks giving a good performance. Um, whereas with Austin Butler, who only is really kind of coming to everyone's attention now as Elvis, um, it was much more easy to kind of just switch into the mode that he is Elvis. Um, yeah, if there's any justice in the world, Austin Butler will be a huge, huge star. Like he's incredibly talented, and I thought his performance was incredible. Um, I would really recommend going to see it, yeah, like on the on the big screen, because uh, it is. It's not often we get a Baz Luhrmann film. Um, it's been a while, as they say. So yeah, I'd recommend going going to the cinema to see it. Um, what was it was that great. Film? That's a good question. Now, let's find out. Baz Luhrmann. The Great Gatsby. That was 2013. Wow. Gat okay. Was Gatsby his last film? He must have been doing television since, has he? Um, the Get Down. He did one episode. He hasn't been hasn't been very busy then. No, he hasn't. So that makes sense. I was wondering. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, it's been a while since I watched that Gatsby. I remember liking it at the time. Um, but anyway. Um, yeah, it's really, really good. I'd, I'd highly recommend it for a nice little evening out at the cinema. Um, I really enjoyed it. Mm, great. Lovely. Mm. Um, 
I saw that film um, starring Emma Thompson. Uh, good luck to you, Leo Grand. Mm. Um, it stars Daryl McCormick, an Irish actor as well. Interesting premise, uh, basically about a widow who's never had a fulfilling sex life and hires a sex worker to um, fulfill that. Uh, there are some problems with it, certainly, but it's a very sweet movie um, overall. Certainly not a film I've seen myself about, you know, um, intimacy of somebody who's maybe a bit older and um, how you deal with that and like what she's trying to achieve. And I think it's a, yeah, it's really interesting. It's a nice, it's a nice premise, even if sometimes I think I do have a, a, some issues with um, how the sex worker is painted and his background, like as if uh, your the sex worker doesn't automatically have to be, have a damaging upbringing in order to be doing sex work. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but I do think it's a sweet movie otherwise, uh, but it's, yeah, well, good luck to you, Leo Grand. Um, yeah, I've heard that, good things about that movie. Yeah, worth a watch. Um, I've just been it's really disappointing because she 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 went viral during the press uh, tour of that film for speaking very brilliantly about um, body image uh, issues that women have, um, and then she was cast in Matilda in a fat suit, and you're like, oh, that's that's annoying. <laughs> like she's cast as the the Miss um, Trunchbull. And they made the decision to put her in a fat suit. And it's like, oh, that's not helping. Um, but say la vie. But yes, I've heard good things about that, um, about that film. And I really enjoyed her her kind of press tour around it. She was um just she's just great. I think I think I'm right in saying this, that her and her husband rescue hedgehogs and have a little <laughs> sanctuary for them in her that's in their the back most garden. English thing I've ever heard. Oh, the, she's just the best um yeah i just i adore her i think she's fantastic and i genuinely fully believe that if we met we would become friends <laughs> like i think i think she'd like me do you know what i mean um and they're always my favorite kinds of celebrities um but yeah i have a tv um i started watching the boys um which wouldn't have been something i would have chosen to watch because yeah, I, I, have, I, would, I wouldn't like, have recommended that to you now um, no i know but Larry. yeah so Har- harry put it on or we we were kind of scrolling through amazon prime or whatever and he was saying i've heard good things about this and i was like is it superheroes and he was like yeah but it's more in the way he described it was like it was more in the vein of kind of watchmen than marvel and i was like okay well i loved watchmen um the recent series so watched it and it's just fun like it's really funny it's very violent it's just sort of like it's not the kind of the marvel thing of just switch your brain off and have explosions happen like it is genuinely funny everyone in it is really good it does sort of like deconstruct the the superhero but not in a kind of a wink wink nudge nudge deadpool way and i liked deadpool but like it's not in a way where it's like, oh, we spent a billion dollars um, to make a superhero movie to appeal to people who don't like superhero movies. Like, it's not that sort of thing either. I just think it's really fun. It's not like you don't have to take it too seriously. Um, have you Have you watched it? I've actually watched season one and then I just left it. I didn't yeah. watch it. I think um, we're, we're on to season two now. Um, it's one where I, I kind of have the laptop open and I'm working while it's while it's on. But I think your man who plays Deep is really, really, really funny. Um, he, he plays the, the kind of the aqua 
the oh, sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, funny. he like that actor. He's very, very funny. Um, I like the main guy who is um, two famous people's son, Meg Ryan, and oh, somebody is that else. Who that is? This is yeah. like when we find out uh, uh, Stranger Things uh, is or what's her name from Stranger Things. Oh, is, Maya uh, Hawk is, yeah, um, is Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jack Quaid is Dennis Quaid, and um, why, of course, thingies. Uh, God, he even looks Me- like Meg Ryan's. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Like you, you see it when when you when you look at him, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, he's really good and he's very charming. Has a very like. Seth Cohen from the OC boy next door vibe and I'm like yeah I like I like him he's good um but yeah it's it's funny it's a little bit different if you don't like superhero stuff you might you might still like this um so yeah I've been watching that and then the last thing I have to recommend is um a book of a collection of short stories called Cat Brushing by Jane Campbell um it is a debut collection from an author who turns 80 this year, Eight zero debut collection of short stories about kind of being old slash older, but also like how sex and sensuality kind of comes into that. And they're genuinely brilliant, um, beautifully written, very intelligent and provoking and eye-opening stories um they're all they're all short stories but like they they are like they're they're short in in the short story kind of um uh genre and i i really loved it i i sort of just i sat down to read one or two i was reviewing it um and i sort of sat down early in the week to read one one or two and space it out during the week and i ended up just like absolutely blasting through the whole collection um it's really, really, really beautiful um, and brilliant and empowering and all those things. And funny as well. I don't know if I said that, but very, very funny. Um, and she's 80. It's like, wow, I, lo- I love that. I mean, there's way too many or rather there's way too much emphasis on finding like young uh, collections from young authors or like being excited about like a debut from a young author. And I'm like, no, these people haven't lived life yet. I want to hear from 80-year-olds, please. Um, I want to hear about their lives <laughs> um, because they know way more than me and I can learn from that. So, um, yeah, that's cat brushing. It has a, a beautiful uh, cover as well. Um, and that's by Jane Campbell. Lovely. Yeah. Um, TV show I've been watching is um, Better Call Saul, of course. And, yeah, uh, me too. I've started watching the new season of Westworld again and... I don't know. We'll see. We'll never see. Never got into Westworld. I, yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's it's one of those things. I'm just like I can take or leave this, but uh, I'm yeah. gonna continue. Um, I really want to see uh, Nathan Fielder's new TV show, um, yeah. The Rehearsal. Um, is that's that on out my yet? List. Or, or I think what, the first when? couple is out, but I haven't watched any of them yet. Okay. Yeah, I think there's three episodes out, so uh, I really want to okay. see that. And is it the similar? thing like is it a oh um it's or what, well, what, I mean, what it's is the it? rehearsal i mean the first one i've saw is basically some guy wants to um do something uh, like ask somebody something and they he gets basically he comes in nathan comes in to, re- to show to rehearse it 
um, and from okay. every angle before he actually does it. So they kind of like, okay. I think, and he hires people to do like to sit. To he creates like a restaurant that looks like the restaurant he's going to be in. To okay, like, in my image, you're asking somebody he, out or something. Is he Nathan Fielder in it? Like he's that same kind of character. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I cool. think so. It's exactly. The oh same man, I as what you'd I expect. I genuinely think that he is like maybe the funniest person of his generation, and that Nathan for you was so far ahead of its time that people are going to <laughs> really so properly appreciate it in like oh. 20 years time because it is oh. so it's genuinely the hardest i've laughed in years were some of those nathan for you episodes like you had to be in the is, mood for it for sure i think i think that really helps yeah 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 i just find, I, I could watch he, him do anything like i really i could just follow him around he just makes me laugh so much he's so weird yeah my yeah. partner has not got into him yet so i'm kind of like guess i'm watching this on my own so there's a um, bit of like there's a bit of work you have to do to push through because it is difficult like that sort of humor it's cringe it's cringe it's absolutely that, cr- cringe. that cringe humor that isn't fictional like i could deal with the office um the uk office because i know that these are actors playing characters and that really helps during those very very cringy moments but um or like curb your enthusiasm or something but i wouldn't usually kind of leap to ones where um where it's real people being like tricked you know and there's like a darker profile about nathan fielder that does address mm. that as well and um, yeah that's worth a, a worth a watch yeah um, but i think he does it in such a way that like i don't know it's not it's not really like you're there's not, a bit you're, of like they're of not the boat of the joke but it, the, there is a joke around them maybe sometimes yeah but, yeah, yeah. Or, or or sometimes it is the borat thing of like going out into the middle of the the crowd in in like in the south in america and um you, you you know that scene where he's like we'll we'll kill their children we'll behead their wives and and the crowd is like going wild and it's that sort of like mirror being held up thing which is really good but like yeah he's he is the butt of the joke most of the time and then obviously there's that final episode the finding francis thing which is just absolutely amazing and beautiful and just like just the like genuinely the weirdest thing I've ever watched because I'm like I don't know what this is like it just completely um throws away any and all convention in either fiction or non-fiction like it's it's genuinely like groundbreaking I I loved it I absolutely loved it but yeah yeah I must watch his new his new thing very good. Uh, other than that, yeah. I've just been watching. I started watching Shit's Creek because everyone keeps, keeps telling me how good it is. Oh, it's great! Like, Push through, on. stick with it. It gets better. No, I'm enjoying it. It's just like it's Are the you, only yeah. twenty minute TV show, you know, episode TV show I'm watching. So yeah. nothing else I have is like just everything else is like an hour long. You're like sometimes you just want to watch something short and yeah, quick. yeah. Uh, Shit's Creek, I will say, beco- becomes itself maybe towards the end of season one it really finds its feet it's a bit like the u.s office in that way it kind of has to figure out mm. what it is yeah great i'm looking forward to watching more of that so excuse me and um, the other thing is uh, uh gigs and festivals last weekend i was at um all together now finally returning after uh two years away um, we had great chats on the Discord. Actually, I barely got near the Discord. I'm so busy enjoying myself at the festival that I barely got near the Discord, but it was great to see what everyone went to see. Uh, yeah, I it seemed enjoyed. to be a real big hit with yeah, the Discord. Um, I mean, you know what? There was so much music on. It was one of those, like, I wish I could do that all again so I could go mm. and see all those things that I missed. Like, I missed Pill Queens. I missed AMAC, but I saw Self Esteem, Gilla Band. Um, 
so many things like Gemma Dan Levy was brilliant, Denise Chyla was brilliant, God knows, and Merley. Um, dry cleaning were great, you know. Um, I missed house plants, but I saw, you know, um, Anne's or somebody like that. Or what else did I, what else did I see? I mean, let me try to remember what I saw. I was also DJing a fair bit as well on the Friday and mm. I, um, or uh, on the Sunday. Uh, Saturday with Lumo and then Sunday I closed out uh, the bandstand which was a lot of fun I really enjoyed um, flight facilities were good crack you know I miss Mary Wallopers but I saw floating points um, I miss rival consoles but I saw Joy Orbison you know there's mm-hmm. just so many things to, to see but there's also so many things to miss unfortunately at these yes. festivals when there's like seven or eight or nine things on and then maybe just sometimes you actually just need to sit down for a few minutes and you're like, well, I'm going to have to miss this. But that's mm. the thing. See, Matt was brilliant. Um, King Gizzard and the G- Lizard Wizard were brilliant as well. Just a, a great festival. We had the weather on Sunday. Saturday wasn't so good, but like a lot of fun. There was a lot of fun happening there. It's a great site. I think it's the one to go to if you want a big festival. I love the Arcadia bug and the fire and how they do it um, and how it looks from far away as well. So many places to be without anyone telling you, no, move along, which is great. You know, even late yeah, into the night. Yeah, that makes a big there's, difference. There's no one going, you, you can't be here or like whatever. Or like, there's just so many places. You're trusted. You can go down to the, the lawns and the lake and just hang out if you want to have a quiet moment. And there's going to be very few people there. Um, It's a beautiful site. I think, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite festivals going. Really love it. Really love Brilliant. it. Uh, certainly, and first time I camped in a long time as well, which was uh, mm. actually grand, to be honest. Um, absolutely fine. And of course, the other thing we haven't officially talked about on this podcast is the T-shirt I'm wearing, which is ABBA Voyage. Mm. <laughs> now, I wrote a piece about it, obviously, on the site, but, um, you know, we said we'd, we'd talk about it briefly. But um, if, you're think, if you're an ABBA fan, even if you're a fan of spectacles, <laughs> I think mm. the ABBA Voyage show in London is something that almost anyone who's into music should see if you if you can tolerate or love ABBA. If you don't can't tolerate ABBA, I don't know what to do for you. But it is a fantastic experience. It feels like a real gig. It's essentially you're going to see they're not avatars, they're not 3D models, they're not holograms, they are essentially big 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 high pixel 55 million pixel screens in front of you that where they are life size uh, at the abba band uh benny bjorn agnita and frida are uh, full size on stage performing with a band to their left it feels as real as you can get when they're at that size and then they use that as the jumping off point for this big show which involves you know lots of 291 speakers, 500 lights on the roof, this custom-built, flat-packed stadium kind of arena place that has a concourse that is just really nice to be in, that's going to probably move around uh, the world over the next seven or eight years or whatever until until the end of time, probably. It's that good. It's like, this is... ABBA have paid for this themselves. There's no corporate sponsors other than the Ocean Liner who are going to transport it. it's a beautiful place to be. 3,000 capacity, loads of seating. If you're bringing older folks and or if you want to sit down and loads of standing and, and dancing room and just an absolutely brilliant spectacle. I'd describe it as like it's some, somewhere between like a, a live gig 
a theme park ride and a theatrical experience. It's somewhere, mm. somewhere between all those three. It's, it feels great. Um, it's a, the music is obviously brilliant. Um, there's lots of opportunities for, for ABBA fans to really enjoy. Like it's like a 95 minutes of ABBA music and all you need, a couple man. of, a couple of surprises as well. So yeah. Uh, and the band are great. I think everything about it is just like so well done. And I don't know who's the next band is, who's going to do it, but um, certainly mm. ABBA in their first uh, people to do this kind of show. Um, they're the perfect band for this. They are the perfect band to do a sort of virtual show. They are brilliant. It is a brilliant show. I would recommend it highly. Uh, go read my review if you want to see more about it. ABBA Voyage. And um, the detail in this costuming and the 3D stuff is phenomenal. And uh, it's an absolutely amazing show. So, yeah. Great. Go awesome. see it. Yeah, will do. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, okay. This, That's this it is going us out this today. Week. This is the same yeah. day, isn't it? So, hey, everyone. It is indeed. Um, this is right, nice. Guys. Thanks this a was little. a nice morning. Thanks, yeah. everyone. Thanks for listening to the 99 podcast. We'll be back next week. Patreon.com forward slash 99 if you want to support us and join our Discord, as I said. Um, Lots to talk about there and uh, lots to talk about here. Thanks, Andrea, for joining me once again. Thanks, and, uh, Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.